Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. And this is going to be a rather short episode, but on this episode, we're going to be diving into episodes 426 through 429, which, believe it or not, actually does cover a tiny sliver from the manga. It covers a bit of material from the special chapter zero from volume zero. And I'll get into a bit more on this, on that. In the podcast, but Volume Zero and these anime episodes are movie tie-ins, specifically made for the release of One Piece Strong World at the time. And this arc is, or this mini arc, is basically called the Little East Blue arc. And now you may have noticed that I skipped episode 425 as well, and that is because that's an actual canon episode, and we'll circle back around for that. So that'll be included in the trio of episodes in the next podcast. So synopsis, the Straw Hats come upon an island that is inhabited by fans of the Straw Hats where they've modeled their island after locales from the East Blue. And this island is eventually attacked by the Amigo Pirates because they're after a giant beetle named Boss who supposedly escaped from the Golden Lion Shiki, setting up the events of the movie Strong World. Alright, so let's get into my thoughts on this episode since there really aren't any differences. I'll be honest, I haven't watched these episodes since they first aired in 2009, so I largely do not remember anything about these episodes, and this may as well be a first-time watch rather than a rewatch. The biggest contribution this first episode has is introducing the Golden Lion Shiki, the main villain of Strong World, and the crazy thing is is this aspect of the story is actually canon. Shiki does exist in the main canon, and his imprisonment and escape from Impel Down all did happen in the main story. He also has a great deal of his backstory tied with Roger and Garp, as well as Whitebeard and a few other names that I won't mention for spoilers. But yeah, so he is he does play a somewhat of a role in the main story. And so what I was referring to in the opening was that when this movie was released, Shueisha and Oda released a special volume zero. And included in that was a chapter zero where we see some events leading to Shiki's escape. And I've got to say this filler arc really doesn't expound too much on that. In fact, I really wish they had just animated that chapter (laughs) rather than doing this. But because this filler arc is so boring. And this is probably one of the filler episodes that I enjoyed the least. Nothing interesting happens and it all seems completely pointless. And it pretty much is. Because this doesn't really even take place within the story of the anime. This is literally... Actually, I'll get into that later. But anyways, the first episode, 426, mostly revolves around building up this giant boss beetle. And literally nothing happens. Although when half the crew get taken away by the big beetle, I find it strange that it's only then that Nami notices the island. (laughs) Like, this is a woman that can detect things by just slight changes in things like air pressure water currents and the wind and yet you're telling me the best navigator in the world didn't notice an island like a few hundred yards in plain sight like really and of course i'm being very facetious but my point still stands one thing that i kind of didn't notice until i started watching these episodes is that one piece's filler stories almost always center around a little child or a group of children and i can't believe i've never caught on to this trend and I swear the only one that comes to mind that didn't center around a child is perhaps the one episode stories like the one with the old guy and the goats. But yeah, I think if memory serves me right, most of them surround some sort of 
kids. Except, I guess the G8 arc doesn't really have kids now that I think about it. And also that one is the best filler arc. Now, of course, the big twist at the end of the first episode and where the title of this arc comes from is that the uh, this island is full of people who seem to have made a small replica uh, modeled after the famous places in the East Blue from all the islands that we've visited, particularly islands that hold a special place in the Straw Hats hearts. They, they have parts of the island with many replicas of Fusha Village or Windmill Village and Syrup Village, Shimotsuki Village, and the Baratier. And the citizens of this island are basically us, the fans. But what I want to know is how they all know such details about these specific islands and these specific places being all the way here in the Grand Line. Like, I don't quite understand how they know all this. It's not like somebody's like going around publishing like images uh, of these small uh, nondescript villages. It's not like these places are very famous, except for maybe Fusha Village, which is the home of Ace and Garp, you know, so that island maybe. But like Syrup Village, like who cares? <laughs> like why would they even, why, why would they even know this? But anyways, putting that aside. But yeah, I understand at this point in the story, the Straw Hats are starting to get well known throughout the world because of NES Lobby. But yeah, I don't get how these people this deep into the Grand Line would know such details about the Straw Hats and their homes. <laughs> now, the big conflict is driven by the Amigo Pirates coming for the boss beetle that seems to have escaped Shiki's Flying Island where he has a bunch of crazy animals that have had their evolution acceler- accelerated due to a serum. Of course, you can learn more about this if you watch Strong World. Now, one of my biggest issues I have with most filler arcs and why they're so boring, in particular this one, is because the combat and the stakes are always so low and dull. Like, I think the best filler arcs, at least for One Piece, they they tend to center their through line of the plot on other things, not so much the combat, like searching for something or escaping from somewhere or helping someone. The combat can never push it too hard because you can't have the characters progress in strength in a filler. Otherwise, it would contradict the canon. And this goes especially so because this story isn't even in the same timeline as this takes place outside of even the anime continuity. And within the this stays within the movie continuity. And so this can't possibly fit in the main timeline since the Straw Hats are currently all separated so this play takes place in some sort of an Elseworld timeline within the Strong World movie universe. So it really has no stakes at all. Now getting back to the combat though, it's always kind of annoying to see how much the Straw Hats, especially the Monster Trio, are nerfed in these. There is no conceivable way that anyone, let alone the three of them, should ever struggle against this guy. Largo is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, sure, the Amiami no Mi is kind of funny in a way, especially how he like consumes things and then he spits out nets based on that. But God, <laughs> there's no way that the three of them should ever lose to that guy, especially all three of them at the same time. The story tries to do the same thing with Boss as it does with Laboon, where Luffy wants to challenge it to a fight in order to help it and, and the people. But it's done in in a much more empty way where all the emotional weight and character development is missing from that. And yeah, you get you do see some of the similarities between Boss and Laboon, but 
God, it is... Nothing about this actually works. Anyways, there's not really much else to talk about with these fillers, so I'm going to move on to something that is actually interesting to talk about, which is the debut of a new opening theme. So with episode 426, we get a brand new opening. However, again, if you're watching the Crunchyroll stream, you're still stuck with Jungle P, unfortunately. And again, this has to do with Crunchyroll unable to secure the rights to the songs from the record labels, or they just didn't want to pay those rights. So unfortunately, you won't get to see this opening yet again if you're watching on Crunchyroll like I am. And I also haven't verified this myself, but from from what I've read, you can actually see this opening on the Hulu and Funimation streams, which is really weird because I thought Funimation and Crunchyroll merged. So I don't understand why the the rights didn't come over with that. I, I don't know. It's just weird. I'm not a corporate mergers or acquisition lawyer, so I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's not important to this discussion here, but it is a little strange. But anyways, the new 12th opening is called Kaze wo Sagashite, or Search for the Wind, performed by Mari Yaguchi the, and the Straw Hat Pirates. Uh, now, this song isn't actually strung by the Straw Hat actors like the Straw Hat version of We Are was. But instead, it's performed by an ensemble of Mari uh, Yaguchi and the Hexagon family of the Fuji TV comedy quiz game show Quiz Hexagon. And this was done as sort of a collaboration with the show, which may be why this song seems so out of place. Like, So I will, I'll get into that a little bit later when we actually talk about the song. But another thing that personally kind of surprised me when I was researching more about this song for this podcast was that Mari Yaguchi was part of the second generation of the famous J-pop group Morning Musume. And I just never realized this because, well, for one, that group always had this absurd number of members. And I'm talking like 15 to 20 girls that were constantly changing in and out. But I do remember listening to Morning Musume, particularly their first generation when I was like in middle school and high school. And I guess she was part of the second generation, which I think I caught the early part of that second sort of group. But yeah, it's kind of a nostalgia, and I I didn't realize that she was actually part of that group. Now, there's a whole drama of, like, why she had to leave, Um, but I'll let you look that up yourself. Anyways, I want to preface this by saying that I actually really enjoy listening to this song. I think it's really happy, cheerful, and fun, and captures sort of the joy side of One Piece. However, when this song was first revealed back in the day... I and pretty much the entire fandom collectively went went WTF. Like, what? First off, the tone of this song is just so out of place. First off, while, while it perfectly captures, like I said, the joyous side of One Piece, it doesn't have that sort of sense of adventure sound. However, that's not even the biggest thing with this song. Tonally, it just does not match what's happening in the series, nor the animation in the opening, at least the second half of the opening. And that's pretty much is why, while I like this song in and of itself, this is one of my lowest rated opening themes in the entire series, if you listen to my opening theme ranking episode. And they could not have picked a worse time to use this opening. Like, (laughs) the first half is fine and all. It's got some great references to a few chapter cover art, like Frankie giving the alpaca the armor. And then there's the whole montage of bringing to life Oda's amazing color spreads during the first chorus, which is amazing. Like, I love seeing those, especially the uh, the Mary Train one. That one is always an amazing cover spread, and I love seeing that come to life. 
However, the problem is when they start incorporating things from the actual series for the second half of the song. And you have this incredibly cheery song playing over scenes of Ace being led to his execution, the Marines getting ready for war, Whitebeard looking incredibly intense, and then Luffy looking very desperate to save Ace. It's just so out of place tonally. (laughs) It's just so weird. Also, there's a lot of spoilers on display in this opening, which has pretty much become a commonplace thing for the openings, as we see silhouetted figures of who Luffy encounters in Impel Down. But the worst spoiler is the fact that they show how Luffy arrives at Marine Ford and who's with him. Like, it doesn't even try to hide the fact that Crocodile, Mr. One, Jinbei are all on his side. And, and I won't mention some of the other ones who haven't really been introduced. And yeah, I will say though that that panning shot of the Shibukai and the three admirals was sick. I loved how that moment was shot. And apparently Toei loved it too, as if memory serves me right. And it's been a while since I've seen that episode. But they actually just reused this same animation for the actual episode when this moment happens. Which kind of brings up another point about the spoiler nature of this opening. These moments don't even happen in the run of this ep- opening theme. Like... Luffy doesn't even arrive till like half a dozen episodes later after this opening theme has ended and the next opening has already started. And so there was really no point to even showing this stuff in this opening because it doesn't even happen within this time frame. It's so weird. I don't know what happened with this, but it just it was everything about this was just really weird. And like I said, I don't hate this opening, but I just think it's really poorly timed and tonally inconsistent with what's happening in the series. Thankfully, though, they would not make the same mistake for the next two openings as they knock it out of the park for the next two opening themes. And I can't wait to talk about both One Day and Fight Together because they are both amazing uh, opening themes that knock it out of the park in terms of tonal, tonal consistency as well as the animation. In any case, I know this was a shorter episode, but I really didn't want to talk too much more about the, these filler episodes as they're just so boring. But thanks for bearing with me. And I'll be looking forward to getting back into the main story as we dive further into Impel Downs on the next podcast. Um, but also, you know, if you'd like to hear my, my thoughts and my friend Sandra's thoughts on Strong World, the movie itself, you can actually take a listen to episode 64 of the podcast where we go into the movie and give our reviews and thoughts as it was released a couple years ago for its 10th anniversary. But anyways, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and, I guess, X account at Podcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. As always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. Stay safe out there and hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.